Church, I pray that this week has been a blessed one for you, and that you're seeing God at work, even in this crazy time that we live in. As we have the past couple of weeks, I'd love to look into Scripture for other believers, other followers of God that have lived through pretty remarkable and crazy times themselves, through times of scattering and exile, um, but proved that those times of scattering and exile were not more than they and God could handle together, that uh, it was not too much, and that God with them was uh, able to actually have them thrive in those times of scattering. And so we looked at Daniel last week and how God used him. Uh, and this week I want to look at another man and his adopted daughter and see how God used them as people of influence. And I'd specifically like to just think about that word influence as it relates to another word, prominence. Influence and prominence. And I think if we think about those two words, we'll be able to really grasp um, the lessons that can be learned from this man, from his adopted daughter, and uh, then start to see about how we can be people of influence in our world as well. If you remember when we talked about Daniel last week, we said it, it's probable, more than possible, it's probable that Daniel was more influential as a key advisor to Nebuchadnezzar in that Babylonian kingdom than he ever would have been as a son of the Jewish king, as a prince, as a noble back in Israel. So that time of scattering actually gave him great influence into the events in world history. Well, we see the same thing with this gentleman as well and his adopted daughter. We see people who, if it weren't for a time of scattering, would not have had the influence that they had. They were key people used by God at key times. Now, if I think about those two words for us, I think that for myself and for definitely for our country and our culture, most people would rather be prominent than influential. If you had to choose one or the other, being prominent, being uh, popular, being famous, being successful, being recognized, being promoted, being visible, all those things are our cravings. Our society lives on social media and we're always looking for the promotion to the next level to be recognized for our hard work. You know, we consider it a crime when we work really hard and get no recognition for it, and someone else who doesn't work as hard gets recognized and promoted in our place. We really strive for prominence. Prominent officials, prominent athletes, prominent thinkers and scientists. But the word influential is probably a more important word, a more meaningful, impactful word. And if we are striving to be people of influence, wherever we are, whoever we're around, as opposed to people of prominence, I think we might have a greater impact in this world for God and for the kingdom than if we're looking for the recognition for ourselves. And so the person we're going to study this week is a man named Mordecai. And in like the most blatant example of his role as an influencer, but not role of prominence, was that the, the book of the Bible that he is the key player in does not have his name. It's the book of Esther. But if there was no Mordecai, her cousin who adopted her as her parents died, who raised her as his own daughter, if there was no Mordecai to adopt Esther, there's no book of Esther. If there was no Mordecai to raise this adopted daughter, there's no book of Esther. If there's no Mordecai to advise her and give her instructions as she's being selected to possibly be a queen, 
If there's no instruction there, there is no book of Esther. If there's no uh, Mordecai hearing what's going on, the rumblings in the court and passing word to Esther to tell the king to save his life, then the king isn't saved. There's no book of Esther. If there's no uh, Mordecai hearing about the plot against the Jews and telling Esther and then challenging her saying, go to the king, tell him. If that doesn't happen, there's no book of Esther. There's no salvation of the Jews. There's no celebration of Purim. There's, there's no Esther without Mordecai. And yet the book is entitled Esther because she had the key role. You know, that singular moment where she spoke how God protected her through Mordecai's upbringing and advising her. And how she had the courage in that one moment to speak up on behalf of all of God's people and be used as their deliverer. And, um, but none of that would have happened without Mordecai. He was the man of influence. And if you look at the very last verse of the book, uh, in chapter 10, verse 3, after the whole story comes full circle, it says, for Mordecai the Jew was second in rank to King Ahasuerus, and he was great among the Jews and popular with the multitude of his brothers, for he sought the welfare of his people and spoke peace to all his people. That's an influencer. He's trying to influence his people for peace, and he sought the welfare of all of them, not the welfare of himself. And right now there's a lot of us who are kind of carrying on in anonymity, you know, alone in your home, homeschooling children and raising children, unnoticed, unrecognized. And it can kind of grate on us that all of this is happening and no one sees it. No one knows. Well, God sees and God knows. And it's probably of greater impact that we be people of influence in those places, using children for an example, than that we be visibly uh, complimented or seen by others to be doing the good that we're doing. Because ultimately it's not supposed to be us wanting credit for ourselves, but us wanting glory to go to God for what he's done in our lives and the things that he's blessed us with, the things he's enabled us to do. And so that's Mordecai and Esther's story for sure, giving God the credit in prayer and fasting, in courage and bravery, stepping up in those moments. Um, but Mordecai was a man of influence, and it led to prominence. So if we could look at those words again from another angle, we could ask, which one comes first? And I think in our world, in our culture, again, it would be easy for us to think that if we become prominent, then we will become influential, right? If I'm well-known, if I have a public forum, if I have a, uh, an audience, then I can influence others. But in Mordecai's case, the influence came first and was of such impact in how he influenced Esther to first not talk about her heritage with the king so that he wouldn't even know she was of the people, uh, of the Jewish people, and then to influence her to speak up when the time was right and to be the deliverer for God's people. Uh, his influence led to his prominence. You know, that position of power and respect and visibility came because of influence. And I think that's God's plan. That's the humble route to prominence, is trying to be people of influence in unseen places. When Mordecai heard whispers in the court, heard the things that were going on in secret, he brought them to light to the person that he knew he had influence with, 
because he knew who she had influence with? Would we be willing to live our entire lives behind the curtain, simply influencing people to seek God's will, to do God's will, loving and providing for, you know, he, uh, the book of Esther doesn't record Mordecai as having any family. We know that a lot of the Jewish royalty and nobility were made eunuchs by the kings of the Babylonian and the Persian Empire uh, so that they wouldn't carry on the family line, so that they could be in the king's courts. Um, and so it's possible that that was Mordecai as well. You know, was he the great-grandson of the king in Israel? Was he the great-grandson of a nobleman, of someone of influence? Well, when we see him, he's kind of a minor official, a behind-the-scenes official, a Jewish person serving the Persian Empire. You know, what, what, what is he doing? What is he affecting? What did he dream for? What did he lose? But that position was perfect for him to look at his uncle's daughter, his cousin Esther, and say, she's got no family. I can take care of her. And Mordecai didn't even have a family of his own, and so he just took her in and cared for her, raised her, gave her the advice to help her grow into a godly woman who knew her place, who knew her people, who knew her heritage, so that that could be part of the influence she would bring to bear on her role as queen, on her speech to the king, and on the eventual saving of all the Jewish people. And so we're not going to go through the whole book of Esther, um, but I encourage you to read it on your own and to think about the difference between influential and being prominent. And maybe even have a time of reflection or confession or repentance between God and yourself, between me and the Lord, just to say to him, all right, Father, if I could be given either, which would I ask for? It's sort of God's uh, question to Solomon, too. You know, if you could have anything from God, what would you want? Would you want fame and riches and prominence? And Solomon says, I'd rather have wisdom to know how to lead your people, for I'm not capable. There's a humility there, recognizing that the greater role is to be a support to many, to be a discipler of many. The greater role is to be the one who encourages, the one who equips the many. Think of that in terms of our marriages. Do we want to be seen as the spouse that has it all together and you know carrying the other spouse along? Or do we want to be influential in the life of our spouse so that they can rise up to be all that God has them to be and at key moments in their lives that they might get all the credit even if we logged all the hours praying and grooming. Maybe we have an unsaved loved one where we're just praying for them. What will our influence look like in their lives so that at exactly the right time they may become the people of prominence? They may be called by God to have the one word, the one action which lingers in history. These were not um, people who were part of the Persian Empire. These were slaves and servants that had been stolen from their homelands. Now Mordecai, maybe a second or third generation Jewish boy growing up, having everything taken away from him, but recognizing his role in the times, recognizing it was good to bless and protect the king of that country, even though that king was not a God-fearing man. And if you fast forward before Mordecai, God had done the exact same thing with Daniel. 
and King Nebuchadnezzar. God brought Daniel out of his homeland to be an influencer so that this king, Nebuchadnezzar, who didn't know God, might see God at work. You know, praying for the welfare of their country, even if the country is not a godly country. Being an influencer for life, speaking words of life. That's what Daniel did. And so Daniel lives, serves, influences, dies. Mordecai is born, comes to his position behind the scenes, raises this young girl, influences her, and then in turn, becomes a very influential person. So God had his behind-the-scenes people that he was raising up to be influencers in these pagan cultures who didn't know anything about God, so that God could still keep protecting his people. He could still keep influencing worldly cultures. That's who we need to be today. We need to pray that God puts, puts influential believers in all the different levels of government, we need to pray that God puts influential spouses into the homes of non-believing spouses to be influencers. Godly parents who can influence their children. Godly employees who can influence their boss for the better, for their good, for their blessing, because of how God might use them in the world. So the takeaway from the book of Esther for me this week was simply a desire to be people of influence. And so I ask you to kind of take that challenge for yourself and consider what does that look like for you? Who are the people in your world? And whether you have a, a position or a title or a role that's very visible uh, or one that's completely unrecognized and hidden, instead of wanting credit, desire, influence. It comes with humility, may lead to prominence, but that is up to God and that's not ultimately the goal. The goal is just to be obedient to the places and people that God has put us with so that we might influence them for good. Jesus said, let your good works shine before men so that they may glorify God in heaven. So my prayer for you for this week in our time of scattering, in our sort of exiles, in our homes or in unemployment, um, whatever form of scattering and exile we're experiencing, my prayer would be that we recognize who we are around, the people in the house that we're living in, the people that we talk to on the phone or online, um, the jobs that we work at. May we be people of influence so that after our whole life is lived and it's all said and done, if they write the story of our life and put someone else's name in the heading, like what happened for Mordecai, lived his whole life as an influential man and then becomes a behind-the-scenes character in the book of Esther, may we find glory in that. May we find pride in that. May we find a lot of satisfaction in knowing that it wasn't about us, but that it was about God. And may God get the glory while we work tirelessly to influence everyone around us to see his love and to, to serve and obey Jesus Christ. So may God bless you in this week of scattering.